Hello, and welcome to another episode of Body Liberation for All. I'm your host and decolonized wellness and body image coach, Dahlia Kinsey. I help queer folks of color heal their struggles with shame, self-acceptance through nutrition and self-care so they can live the most fierce, liberated, and joyful version of their lives. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Body Liberation for All. Today, I have a special guest on the show to talk about a subject that's really been calling my attention a lot lately. I have been rereading The Body Keeps the Score and thinking about the ways that trauma and unprocessed emotions get trapped in the body. I've noticed myself some very strong reactions to seemingly minor incidents in my life that were clearly connected to previous negative experiences. And racialized trauma is just like any other kind of trauma. You can have issues with purging these negative sensations from your body and having a very powerful, instantaneous, negative trauma-like response to anything that reminds you of these past experiences. So embodiment work and focusing on the body and those sensations and moving them along so that I can have a reaction that feels manageable to stressful things is what I'm focused on right now. So I'm so excited to have Marina here. Marina works with embodiment and trauma of all kinds. The things that Marina discusses in this episode will be useful for everyone, but very useful for somebody working with trauma you've already gotten other treatment for that you still aren't feeling peace around because the embodiment piece has been missing from your healing work so far. This is such a good conversation. Let's jump right in. Yeah, they might try to put you in a box. Tell them that you don't accept. When the world is tripping out, tell them that you love yourself. Hey, hey, smile on them. Live your life just how you like it. It's your party. Negativity is not invited for my queer folk, my trans, people of color. Let your voice be heard. Look in the mirror and say that it's time to put me first. You were born to win. Head up high with confidence. This show is for everyone. So I thank you for tuning in. Let's go. Hello, thank you for being on the show. Hey, Dada, thanks for having me. So excited to have this conversation. I am excited always to connect with other folks of color from all over the world, but in particular, folks of color that do healing work that come from different cultural backgrounds, especially mm-hmm. anybody connected to the diaspora. I just get super excited about that because it's interesting to me to see how as you change, as you kind of become part of the country that your ancestors were pulled into, and you become a blend of the different peoples that are from there and then the people who colonized that area, we all have really interesting ways of manifesting some of the old healing tradition, you know, mm-hmm. that we have no 
possible conscious way of connecting to. It's just beautiful to see how nothing is ever lost and a lot of things keep coming back to the surface and it looks different on different people and in different parts of the world. Yes, I love that. I love that integration of the different ways that we can approach healing and really reclaim the old ways of healing that have been part of generations of the original peoples of the, the planet, right? Right, exactly. So I know you're based in the U.S. now and you're on the West Coast, but can you tell us a little bit about where you were raised and when you were growing up, did you have a connection to healing practices or what was that relationship like with you? Yeah, yeah. So I was raised in Brazil. That's where I'm from. And huh, I think that part of uh, my upbringing was connected to being, uh, to receiving what we can call unusual healing modalities, right? So that I, in Brazil, there are so many people who are, I don't even know how to say this in English. It would be something like the blessers. So these old grandmas who actually developed such a beautiful connection with themselves and their intuition and even their spiritual guides and then will bless other people. And when you go there to receive a blessing, they will share something that they have, that they feel called to share around the ways that you're treating yourself, your body, the foods that you're eating, the people that you're hanging out with and things that you could do so that you would find more balance in your life. So this is a big thing in Brazil, especially in communities where people are more integrated socially. So like black communities, people who live in what we can call marginalized neighborhoods or some, something like that. And this has always been part of my life. I never even thought of a life without it. You know, like, it's almost like, yeah, that's what you do. You feel, you're feeling off. You're not so sure why you're feeling sad, why you're uh, suffering for something. Then you communicate with one of these old ladies or grandmas and they will share their wisdom. So that, that is one thing. The other is that my mom was always into what we can call integrated medicine nowadays. That's the fancy name, right? But she was always into floral therapy, healing our bodies with good eating habits, macrobiotic, homeopathics, and things like that. So for me, I think part of my growing up was learning that our bodies have this self-healing capacity that it's a matter of us being patient enough and aware enough to connect with it intentionally so that we can find ways to notice what a disease is trying to tell us, to notice what the discomfort is trying to show us, and find ways to 
address the environment that is creating the disease, the environment that is creating the discomfort instead of just the symptoms. Yeah? That makes so much sense, but you said something really crucial. It's being patient enough to wait or to work because that I think is one of the hallmarks between Western medication when we approach our symptoms that way. And sometimes those don't even work as quickly as you want them to. But typically you can expect to see a change maybe that day, maybe in a week, maybe in two weeks. And a lot of other approaches, because you're not just putting a Band-Aid on one symptom, you're trying to get to the root of the problem, yeah. it can take longer. So yeah. in a culture where we feel like we don't even have time to sit down and feel unwell, we don't have time to take one day off, then what do we do? So what has it been like for you coming to the U.S.? Do you feel a big difference in the pace that we're living at running counter to the way the human body actually functions and thrives? Oh my God, that is like, that, that was shocking for me. That was really shocking to really notice this shift in the speed at which things happen here, right? So I don't know if I can speak for all Brazilians, but in our culture in general, we have this idea of the U.S. as uh, the land of opportunity, right? Mm. Hollywood sells that so beautifully to us, right? So you come here, you're nobody, you come up with a dollar in your pocket and then you become this millionaire, blah, 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 you know? And also the fact that in order to do so, there are no boundaries, no limits to the amount of work that you do, you know? Because if you do want to be a self-made millionaire, you have to it all of yourself in it, right? So... There is this image, at least for me, of, about the U.S., but it was not until I actually moved in here, and I didn't move in here for work or anything. I, I came to the U.S. for love because my husband is American, and that's how I ended up here. So it was very interesting to notice that everything is so fast. It's boom, boom, boom. Now, now, now. Yesterday. It's not today. I yes. won this for yesterday. <laughs> and no wonder people are so stressed out. No wonder people are so disconnected from themselves. No wonder people feel so lonely because they cannot not even connect with themselves, much less meaningfully connect with others. Right? So when you say that here people don't have the time to rest or to take a day off, I would say, well, maybe that's actually why people are getting so sick. Maybe, that, maybe that's actually why people are feeling so, so many discomfort on a physical level, but also on a mental health level. Yeah. I mean, I, that makes a lot of sense. And when we look at when scientists look at other cultural groups that are living a lot longer than the average person in the United States, that's always a factor. Like prioritizing 
connecting to people, communicating with people, and not prioritizing work over all other things. But that is a very, very American thing. If you're not working, then who are you? And even when people introduce themselves, their identity is centered around what do you do? And I can understand that if what you do is something that you were called to do, like if you're a healer, you're a preacher, you're something that's central to your belief system. Okay, fine. I can understand that. But a lot of times people lead with something that just signals to other people, I earn money and I work long hours because it has become a a value here. You, You mentioned something really interesting when we were talking before the call when we were just getting to know each other after we'd come across each other in a group that's focused on decolonizing your mindset around business. And it's led by an American person who really has made a difference in my life and how she explains how so much of what we believe about how business must be done. It's not the only way. And talking to you and hearing about how you've noticed that People who can't seem to get into their body, who have issues with embodiment, that that causes problems throughout your life. And maybe on some level, I knew that, but nowhere near the level that you were explaining. So can you tell us about the work that you do? And then we'll talk about how did you end up doing this? Yeah, so... I I like to call myself an embodiment coach and a somatic healer. The work that I do basically is to help people uh, reconnect with their bodies, right? So it's to do the, it is to walk back into this connection with self and notice with intention, with awareness, with patience, with care, that this body is sharing information with us all the time, that this body is much wiser than the mind at times, and is telling us what to do, how to do, at what pace we should be doing things, and that if we learn to integrate that with the mind, it, the work that I do doesn't mean disregarding the mind. It's about integration. It's about adding the body to the combination of mind and body and of course, giving space to spirituality in that encounter. But to really allow people to notice that we cannot just function from the neck up. We cannot just live our lives thinking that we can think ourselves out of a disease, out of a discomfort, out of, you know, all the the things that people have been experiencing in terms of physical and mental health. We actually need to be able to feel those in our bodies and from this space, learn to reconnect and to make the changes that our bodies need so that we can lead a healthier life. That is the gist of it, the, the big part, the big picture of it. And there is the trauma healing component of my work because if we study what uh, research has been showing us, trauma lives in our bodies, right? Trauma is not the experience. Trauma is actually 
our body's perception to a life-threatening experience, to something that was too intense, too overwhelming, too difficult to handle. And then our bodies track that information and start uh, responding to that trauma, right? In freeze, fight, flight, on mode. So in order to heal trauma, also we should be integrating the body. We cannot talk ourselves out of trauma, right? Talking about trauma is one piece of the healing process that happens when you're further ahead in your journey of healing. First is around connecting with, your, with this body, noticing how your body is responding to traumatic experiences, and then finding ways to regulate your nervous system to discharge some of the energy of that trauma so that your body can find balance again, right? So, but again, they has to be around embodiment, about has to start when we start with reconnecting intentionally with this body. And then from there, we develop a somatic approach to healing trauma, if that makes sense to you. It does make sense. When I read The Body Keeps the Score, I I felt like some of it, maybe we all knew intuitively, tiny bit, right? But then to see someone study how deep the lasting effect is on the physical body when you're in a situation where you feel you have no control or you literally have no control and you're afraid you're going to die, that you could even lose sensation in extremities that had nothing to do with the incident. and we've all heard about adverse childhood experiences and how that shortens your lifespan, not as a rule, but your chances are higher if you never have an opportunity to heal what that experience did to your body, how your body internalized all of that fear. How did you even realize this was an area you wanted to work in? Because even if you interacted a lot with healers as a child, sometimes it's hard to see yourself that way, especially if those healers were like people who almost had to live the experience. Like you said, they're old grandmas. So it's like they took years and years and years to get it. So when did you understand that you as a young person could also be working in a healing space? Yeah, well, I think it's a combination of factors. First, my mom is a psychologist, which is a healing modality in a way, right? Right. So I have that beautiful example at home. And I have been to different modalities of healers myself to heal my body, to heal my own traumas, and to actually get to know myself better because healing is also about self-development. It's not just about healing one specific thing, right? It's about learning more about ourselves. And for me, when I started, I was always curious about so many things in life. And I started learning more about holistic sexuality, what people would call tantra here in the in the West. So I started doing workshops and programs and courses to learn to reconnect with my body with this more loving and even spiritual perspective of this body as a sacred temple 
in a space for me to really tap into the, the deeper knowing of who I am. And the deeper knowing of who I am, in my mind at least, is actually to reconnect with my spiritual self, right? And by doing so, I found so much healing for myself. I found so much empowerment for myself as a Black woman in a Latin country. Empowerment is a big, big word for us, right? Mm -hmm. And it, because of that, so many things started shifting for me in terms of how I perceived myself, how I perceived the relationships that I had, not just with other men, but the relationships that I had with friends, with family relationships I had at work because I, I was an executive in the corporate world that is dominated by white straight, very conservative men in Brazil at least. And, and then noticing that it, I didn't really fit there anymore. That, you know, that environment was not fulfilling me anymore. And, and then I I had this inner calling, this inner knowing that, you know, my life is going to change a lot. And actually, I want to dedicate myself to supporting other women and non-binary people who have vulvas, because that's why, what I understand more of the female body, the, the vulvaed body. And, and then I started transitioning and studying. I already had an education BA. I had a business MBA because I was in business for 14 years. And then I started shifting gears into coaching. I did the ontological coaching training in Brazil. At the same time, I got married, moved here, and did my sex, love, and relationship coaching training here. And I've been supporting people since then. And it's it's been fabulous. And the idea that coming back to the body and connecting with sexuality, sexual desires, eroticism, what I understood that most people would come up, would come across traumas there. You know, things even that were hidden or they were forgotten because that's how the mind works as well, right? Our brains protect us so much that they make us forget some of the traumatic experiences that so many of us had gone through. And this became a very big passion of mine to really be able to support women to heal their sexual traumas, right? And it's been a very beautiful journey for me. Very humbling as well. I feel very honored to be supporting people in, in this path. And, you know, that's what I've been doing. It's amazing to me how many entry points there can be to starting to reconnect to your body and how deep the symptoms go when you are disconnected. Because even though with my work as a holistic dietitian, I'm helping people use food and listening to their hunger, physical and emotional hunger to reconnect to what their body is trying to tell them. I had never thought about how many relationships will need to fall away if you actually start listening to what your body is telling you. 
And that that in itself might be a reason why some people don't want to reconnect to their body because they wonder, how will my life have to change if I actually listen to myself? And what will that feel like? Is that something that, is that a source of resistance you come across in people? Yeah, so much. <laughs> like, I, I can see the faces of some people who share that with me. Like, oh, who will I become then, right? If I go this deep into myself, I will have to face things that I am comfortably hiding under the rug, you know, so that I can live the way I've been living. And it's a path of truth. It's a path of really facing the truth of who we are. And once you face that truth, making the adjustments that we need to make in life in order for us to, to live in, in a way that is more fulfilling, right? And more fulfilling for whatever it looks like to a given person. There is no model. There is no, it, it's a path of tapping into one's authenticity. Right. And I don't think everybody's prepared for that. And that's okay. That's okay. Now, how long did it take you to accept that? Because that's something I feel like I struggle with when I'm not ready to change, then it's fine. But when other people aren't ready to change and I see where something could be of service, I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. So when did you understand that? When I really started understanding trauma, so I'm taking the somatic experiencing training, and this is focused on trauma healing from a somatic perspective. So the deeper I went into understanding how trauma acts in our bodies, in our minds, in our behaviors, in the way that we are able to lead our lives, the more compassion compassion I felt in my heart for myself and for those around. So when I'm aware that trauma exists, when I'm aware that so many people have experienced trauma and they have no idea, there is a space in my heart that can easily understand why it is it feels so scary to go through change. Why it feels so scary to connect with your body because your body has overwhelming and difficult memories there, stored there. So it makes a lot of sense for me when a person shares, well, I, I don't know if I can live in another way. You know, this is not good. I'm not happy. But that's the way I've been living for so many years, for so many decades. And I don't know if I can make that change. When I hear someone say that, for me, it's like, huh, there is some wound there that might be so scary and so painful that this person is not ready to touch it. And for me, that invites my radical acceptance of who people are and where they are in their journeys, you know, because it, it is not easy, right? It's not easy repeating patterns over and over again that are painful, that are harmful, that hurt you, that 
keep you small and so on, that keep you in abusive relationships for that matter. But it's also not easy to break free of that, right? And there is a path that can only happen when people are ready. So like whenever I'm uh, talking to someone who wants to work with me for the first time and heal traumas, and most people working with me are focusing on healing sexual trauma, one of my questions is, why now? Mm. So I can understand the motivation that the person has. Like some people live with a traumatic memory for 20 years, 30 years, and then they come, okay, I, wanna, I want to look at it and I want to heal this. And my question is, why now? What shows you that you're prepared to deal with it right now? Right? And oftentimes, it's because people have had the opportunity to walk through a path of self-development, of some lighter kind of healing, and then they see that they can handle this, this big transformation. And, and I, I think that's when people say, oh, I'm scared, I don't know what's going to happen, what I will become, maybe they have some steps to walk before that. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. Tired of being at odds with your body? Sick of diets and weight cycling that make you feel like trash? Would you like to finally make peace with food so that you can focus on what your actual purpose in life is? What would your life look like if you trusted your intuition and let your true desires guide your actions? This episode is brought to you by the Mastering Intuitive Eating and Self-Trust Total Transformation Package. This is the program for you if you're ready to heal your relationship with food once and for all. This isn't another generic bod pause coaching program. This program is centered on liberation. Together, we'll free you from chronic dieting, poor self-image, and self-doubt. Nutrition is a tool that we use to reconnect to your inner wisdom and your sense of self-worth. This three-month coaching program will give you the sustainable results you've been looking for. By the end of our time together, you'll have a firm grasp on intuitive eating. You'll be at peace with your body and aligned with your purpose and your true desires. If that sounds good to you, just visit daliakinsey.com slash coaching. I saw recently online someone who does consulting, not necessarily healing work, made a point that just because someone isn't ready to work with you, it doesn't mean they don't think that what you offer is powerful or valuable. But if it's a service that requires a partnership with the client that requires them to also participate in the process, they may not want to work with you because they don't yet believe they can complete their end of the relationship. And I had never really thought about some of us offer services that are not for people at the start of their journey. Mm -hmm. And that's also incredibly important. So I see things all the time where I'm like, wow, this is so popular something that someone's offering, but I'm like, but it feels like it's on the surface. And for me, it wouldn't take me deep enough to get to another level. But I've been obsessed with personal development and healing since I was 
in my early, early teens. So of course that stuff doesn't appeal to me anymore because that's not where I am on my journey. So learning to respect where people are and to stop wanting to kind of force helium people has been a process. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. And it makes so much sense because everybody has to start somewhere. Really? And also there is a part of me, I don't want people who are not ready to do the work to actually hire me because then it's not effective. You know, if people are not ready to take responsibility for their healing, to understand that the healing process is bumpy, it's not like a walk in the park, it's not full of flowers, right? It's, it's hard at times, depending on the amount of trauma there, the depth of the wound, it's hard. And if people don't have some sort of even stability in their lives to hold them through that, I prefer that first they do some other work, some more foundational work, right? And then they come when they're ready because that's where I can serve them in my best. I can like really be of service to them as opposed to someone who is too, who's not ready. Right. What might that foundational work look like for some people? Because I have heard from some people that are really worried about their own health. Someone who's multiple people because, you know, so many people have survived sexual abuse as children. So, so many people. And a lot of these people in my personal life are tired of living with the effects of having to distance themselves from their body to be safe and to feel comfortable, but they don't feel ready and they want to be ready and they don't know what that in-between space looks like. How do you bridge that gap or figure out what might be a step for you? Yeah, so I'm going to use the same book as it brought that it brought as an example, The Body Keeps This Score, which is an amazing read. And uh, Dr. Vansel van der Kolk, who wrote the book, he, he mentions that yoga, theater, acting classes, dancing classes, and like martial arts, things that involve the body are great ways for people to start befriending their bodies, right? And coming back in, in a connection that is not targeted at healing their trauma. So it's not a, a, a therapeutical, therapeutic work, but it is bringing them back. So if you're doing yoga poses, you need to be aware of what's, what you're doing. If you're acting, you, you need to be aware not only of yourself, but of the other actors around you your, in your positioning in relation to them on a stage. And all of this contributes for a person to slowly come back to a possible relationship with, the, with their bodies, even when their bodies are, care, are still carrying so much memories of trauma. And then from there, coming to a more deep work into embodiment and somatic healing, that makes a lot of sense to me. 
Mm, yeah, yeah. For some other people, it's actually some talk therapy, something, some workshops, women's circles, community circles, you know, things that, that invite people to connect little by little with who they are, their feelings, their emotions, their expectations of community, of relationships, even if it's in a more shallow level, right? Even if it's not very deep, but it opens a little bit the field for a deeper work. And then come to embodiment work, somatic healing, being a little bit more prepared, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. If you look at the book, um, The Body Keeps This Core, he shares amazing results of clients and patients who were suffering like post-traumatic uh, syndrome I don't like to say disorder. I think it's an injury. It's not a disorder. And being able to slowly just stay with their, themselves through yoga, through acting, through uh, martial arts, qigong, tai chi chuan, and things like that. So that would be my, my suggestion for people who want to start. You know, start light but with things that are inviting you inwards slowly, you know, and then you go into a deeper process, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Have you found that for people who are maybe feeling uncomfortable in their body because their gender identity and their assigned gender doesn't match, are the same interventions helpful? And if so, how do people get to that point where, okay, maybe you still have other things you need to do to feel totally at home in your body? Like maybe gender-affirming surgeries in your future, but you can't do it now. How do you make friends with the body that you feel like isn't yours? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, first, that, um, especially my training in somatic experience, is such a beautiful invitation to reconnecting, befriending, and get, getting curious with the body and the physiology and uh, the nervous system regulation and all of it, that I can only imagine how a person who is not, who doesn't feel this body really represents their identity and how they want to express in the, their, in the world, this would be like invaluable for someone to have a space with a qualified professional to explore how they feel about their bodies, right? So for example, for a person who was born with a vagina and actually would prefer to have a penis, perhaps exploring the relationship with that vagina first so that they can get into the core, into their, into the deepest core of their desire for a penis and from that from that knowing that it's not just a rational knowing but it's a felt knowing in their bodies start making you know designing these steps to getting what they want right so i know many practitioners who specialize in trans and gender non-conforming and non-binary people doing somatic work 
in the things that they share is like it's amazing it's amazing and it and i i can feel that these populations could benefit a lot from somatic work because there's so much about the gender identity and expression that is stuck in the body right so how can we again how can we have these conversations while we actually ignore the body while we actually ignore the object of our discomfort of our disalignment right if we are if I have boobs and I'm uncomfortable with boobs, it's not just thinking about this. It's really addressing the boobs in the body. How do you feel about it? What is underneath this? What are some sensations that comes to you when you connect with that? Right? And from there, finding what it is that this body really wants to express. Right? And, and yes, and for people who cannot go through and have surgery and, and make the changes that they want right away, I think, I think then the, the coaching way of addressing things is like, okay, what can we do now that can be helpful for now, that can be supportive for now? And what are the steps that we need to take in order for you to achieve this bigger desire to do whatever it is that you want to do, you know? And then I think it's really about the coaching way of uh, reaching a goal, a desire, but first really connecting with the desires that are within, the desires that that's living the wisdom of the body. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense to me. And I think as people don't talk about the experience of being gender nonconforming, but finding a way to still connect to your body. Because they don't talk about it enough, it almost feels like, oh, well, what if it's not possible for me to be friendly with my body while I feel like simultaneously it betrayed me around the time of puberty? But it's encouraging to know that other people who are trans, who are non-binary, are doing this work. And feeling the benefits. Yeah. Yes. It's really, it, it, it is really powerful. It is really powerful because then all the transformations that you end up performing in your body come from a, a place of deep understanding, acceptance, and love for who you are. Right? And then the body starts reflecting that. Right? So as opposed to a place of rejection, you know, it's really honoring who you are, your real identity, and then the body slowly starts conforming to the way that you want the world to perceive you, that you want to see yourself. Yeah. That feels so subtle, but that resonates the idea that it's just so interesting. I think it's that framing from kind of a binary perspective that it almost has to be rejection, but in reality, it is simultaneously a deep acceptance of who you are, of knowing that you are not a cisgender person and allowing that to take form in your life, however it's supposed to take form for you. Yeah. That's a, that's a powerful 
perspective shift? Yeah, it's it's shifting towards the lens of love, right? Yeah. And, and, and for me, that's where the beauty lives. So I love who I am. And although the world thought because I have a vagina, I should be a woman, I say no to that. And out of love for who I am, I express my gender the way that it makes sense to me, that the way that feels true, not only in my mind, but in, my, in the core of who I am, in the cells of my body, mm. right? And this is expressing from a place of love, pure love, radical love, actually. Yeah. Ooh, that is powerful. In an actual session, what might somatic healing look like when you do it with a guide? What is that? Yeah, it can look like a lot of things, but basically... A session will start with a conversation. So, for example, if we, if I'm working with someone healing sexual trauma, it's not a conversation about what happened, you know, revisiting the past. It's not about that. It's about noticing the present, how are you feeling, what are things that are working for you, what are things that are not working. So many people who experience sexual trauma have a very hard time with relationships, with romantic relationships, with trusting, with intimacy, with having sex, right? So we will have a conversation around that and then invite the body to the conversation. So, oh, when you think about relating to someone new, how does your body react? Oh, I notice contraction. I notice that I want to shut down my heart, raise, you know, my heartbeat go high and I feel the temperature change. All right. And then from there, addressing the sensations, right? So giving us things for those sensations first to be felt, to be seen, to be heard, and also using some somatic um, movement, sound, breathing, making movements with your body, shaking, dancing all kinds of things so that those sensations can have a space to, to be released, not just released, but to be moved, to be expressed. And then coming back into stillness and feeling and noticing and giving the space and the time for your nervous system to find some regulation, to discharge some of the energy that it is ready to discharge. And then another wave, what else are we talking about and how are we going to address this? So it's, it's always um, almost like a back and forth conversation. So the rational mind, you know, storytelling, narratives, and then noticing the body, what is happening here, right? And of course, this is uh, a very simplistic way of, saying how this works but in reality this takes people into such a deep place of inner knowing of inner understanding and that's where healing is you know healing is not like it's not in my hands as a somatic healer not at all healing is inside the person who is looking for it 
So it's a somatic healer as an embodiment code. I guide people into noticing, into being, right? And of course, using my own way of doing that, really allowing the person to know that it's okay to feel what they're feeling, that they have confidence, they're not alone. And then the body is so wise. It's so wise and knows what to do. And slowly, because we're healing the present, because we're healing our relationships to ourselves right here, right now, slowly we build such strength in our emotional body, in our physical body, in, in the ways that we can experience intense sensations, thoughts, emotions, feelings, that going back into past traumatic memories become possible. And then we can find integration. We can renegotiate that experience, if that makes sense. So healing trauma is about healing now, healing the body now, so that you can renegotiate what happened in the past. Oh, yeah. I can, that's such a clear description. I know as we age, we stop using our bodies or moving our bodies in ways that are maybe unpredictable. So I could see you would need a guide to even do that. You can see children intuitively release tension after unpleasant things happen to them, assuming it's a small and manageable negative experience, you know, but they do it in ways that you would never think to do in an office setting after you have a conversation that makes you feel some type of way. So it's fascinating to know who we can go to to recapture those skills that we've forgotten and probably a bunch we've never heard of before as well. (laughs) Where do people find you? Uh, Yeah, so I invite everybody to come to my website, marinanabal.com. I think you're going to type this. Yes, I'll put it in the show notes. Yes, uh, you have all the information. I'm a little bit old school. I really like keeping my website updated. All the information is there. And also Instagram at Marina Nabal. I'm not there every day, but I'm there every week sharing a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of what I do. And for folks who want to get to know my work better and to hold to working with me, I offer a free initial conversation so that we can get to know each other. I can understand what people are looking for. We can see if I'm the best person, I'm the best fit for them. And from there, we can start a coaching and somatic healing process. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. I only have one final question. If there was one thing, that you could say and everyone would instantly understand it and internalize it for the rest of their lives, what's something you would like for everyone to know? The chains of trauma don't need to be the ways that you lead your life forever. You have right here, right now, regardless of what happened, regardless of how hard it was, you have the capacity to heal and to lead a life that is filled with joy, with radiance, with vitality, and you can fully try it, you know? So I think that knowing that we have this self-healing capacity and that our bodies are the key to that, our bodies are pure medicine, is what I really want people to know. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. 
I love being able to discuss things that really aren't on everybody's radar as a healing tool. And very often in indigenous cultures, you'll notice that healing work always involves a physical element, an embodied element. But because so many of us live in areas where disconnection from the body is the status quo, it's frequently left out of the healing process. So I love the idea of reclaiming our connection to our old ways and also incorporating information from the collective because the African diaspora is now spread all over the world and all of us have integrated with the local cultures in many different ways. Thanks to the internet as well, we are able to create versions of healing practices that work for us that are grounded in what our ancestors did, but are also a blend of what people in our part of the world are using now. It isn't a set thing. This is something that can evolve over time, using your intuition and doing what feels right for you. I personally use all kinds of quote-unquote modern healing tools like cognitive behavioral therapy, sometimes traditional, I don't want to call it traditional, uh, pharmaceuticals that support mental well-being and also embodiment work and meditation. I really approach my wellness with all cylinders firing I am interested in anything that has the potential to enhance my experience of life with a minimal to acceptable level of risk. Even holistic health practices sometimes come with a little bit of risk, but I love how many different embodiment practices are totally gentle with minimal risk. So this is an underutilized tool that I'm sure we're going to see more and more of. Be sure to check out Marina Nabao online. I have the link to her website in the show notes. Marina is doing amazing work and is taking on clients at this time. So be sure to check her out. Remember, the only fee for this show is that you share it with others anytime you hear something useful. And around here, that is every episode. So feel free to share the episode on IG, on Facebook, wherever, and let everybody know what you got out of the episode. Also, you can always like and review the show on iTunes so that it's easy for other people to find. Thank you in advance for helping this message reach more folks that need it. Also, Decolonizing Wellness is now available for pre-order if you're listening to this after February of 2022. It's just available to be ordered. 
So check that link out in the show notes and get your copy. Decolonizing Wellness is perfect for you if you enjoy the themes I talk about here. It's focused on QT BIPOC folks looking to heal their relationship with their self-image and their relationship with food. Even if you feel like you have a peaceful relationship with food, I go a little deeper there and look at using food and eating as a mindfulness tool and a self-empowerment tool. So there's something there for all of us. I hope you'll check it out and let me know what you thought. Okay. Thank you for joining me. I will see you next time. Yeah, they might try to put you in a box. Tell them that you don't accept. When the world is tripping out, tell them that you love yourself. Hey, hey, smile on them. Live your life just how you like it. It's your party. Negativity is not invited. For my queer folk, my trans, people of color, let your voice be heard. Look in the mirror and say that it's time to put me first. You were born to win. Head up high with confidence. This show is for everyone. So I thank you for tuning in. Let's go.